to make it brief, but I didn't know yesterday I was having a surprise belated birthday because I was sick on my birthday. And my husband knows that if I had to do something for church, you know, he always keep me, you know, like seven straight. You stay home, don't worry about cooking, just worry about that message. But yesterday, for some reason, we got to go pray for Fred. Fred's nephew passed away. I'm like, what you need me to pray for Fred for? You know what you then we gotta go to the mall. I'm like, Lord Jesus, he thought he knows. He didn't realize that God had changed my message. And I was almost starting from scratch. And I'm like, oh, why do we have to go to the mall and be on our way? And he's not going away. I'm thinking he's going, I got a real attitude now. He see this attitude. He pulling me on the side of the road and talking to me. And I'm like, I'm just overwhelmed right now. I'm just overwhelmed right now. There's just so much going on. I just, I don't know why you're doing this. Are you trying to sabotage me? I mean, all kinds of stuff is coming out of my Where's the spiritual maturity? Uh huh. But in overall, I just I had an awesome time. Um, uh, thank the church family who was there, who were able to come out. Thank you all. We had a great time. It was a murder mystery type of thing, the thing that I like to do. And so we had a really blessed day. And I thank you all, those who weren't able to make it. I missed you, but I know I was in your hearts and in, in your spirits. So, um, but thank you, honey. I want to thank you personally and my, my kids. They have pulled it off. My mom, I walked in my mom. The first thing she said, I kept a secret. I kept a secret. Mama don't keep secrets, but she kept that secret. So I am grateful to God for yesterday. But then moving on, my sermon this morning is about spiritual maturity. It's time for us to grow up, saints. We yes, have it to is. Grow up. The lack of spiritual maturity in the church is one of the biggest problems we face today because we know how to act churchy, you know, we know how to pull on that yes, churchy yes, yes. and But that does not define spiritual maturity. The lack of spiritual maturity can prevent us from knowing how to properly deal with situations that arise in our lives, amen? People who lack spiritual maturity may not be aware of the guidelines that the, that and the teaching of our faith, amen, which could lead to making decisions that are not in line with the church missions and values. So if you lack spiritual maturity, you're not in line with what the church or the bylaws, or as we have them, um, want us or, or point us to do. It can also lead to confusion and feels of being lost in difficult times, which can further hinder one's growth. For instance, one who lacks spiritual maturity may not be able to recognize the importance of prayer and fasting in a time of distress and may instead turn to more unhelpful coping mechanisms well, such as Come excessive on. drinking or self-destructive behavior. Yeah, yeah. So this lack of spiritual maturity can be a major hindrance to developing a healthy relationship with God and understanding his plans for our lives. So today I'm going to talk to you about Apostle Paul who writes to the Corinthian church about their spiritual maturity or the lack thereof. Yeah. He says to them and to us that in order to grow spiritually, we must grow in a new direction. So going in this new direction means two things. Negatively, we must depart from sin. And positively, we must focus on God. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Um, we read 1 Corinthians 3, 1-4 already. I'm not going to read it again. Spiritual, immature people harbor jealousy and envy. Yes. Yes. Verse 3 says, you are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not, aren't you, are you not worldly? A jealous person will put others down with hurtful words 
and actions. A jealous and envious person rejoices when others are hurt and feel hurt when others are rejoicing. Attitudes of jealousy and envy need to be confessed and taken to God yes. in prayer. Yes. And you'll find that you'll have a hard time being jealous or envying a person when you're praying for them. Amen? Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. How can you be jealous of someone that you're praying for? Amen? Showing kindness towards those who have hurt you or who have despitefully used you shows a sign of spiritual maturity. Second Peter tells us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Don't we know that it is God's desire for every Christian to grow spiritually? Yes. Now Paul is scolding the Corinthian church for their lack of maturity. They were acting like baby Christians. You know, a baby who, be who behaves like a baby is a joy. I love watching my grandbaby, my little Aria. She's laughing and cooing, squeezing my cheeks and making clapping and making all kinds of cute noises and things like that, and it really goes my heart. But if she's 16 doing the same thing, there's a problem. Amen. <laughs> I'm not happy anymore, okay? <laughs> but we know that a baby, it, it, it lives off of their milk, off the milk for the first few months of their lives. It has milk for breakfast, lunch, dinner, everywhere in between. A baby can't handle anything else because it's just a baby and it doesn't have teeth in the digestive system to handle solid food yet. And that's what it's like for baby Christians. We're not ready for that in-depth teaching because we, we're, we're still infantile. Uh -huh. Paul says that this is what the Corinthians were like when he was with them. He planted the church there. Most, if not all of them, were new converts to his ministry and they were babies in the faith. So he gave them the truth of the gospel in the most simplest form, which was easy for them to take in and not and digest and use, like a baby with milk. During that time, though, it was appropriate for Paul to feed the Corinthian church Christians with spiritual milk because they were just baby Christians. They didn't understand. They were just learning in the infantile state. Paul founded the church in Corinthians, so he started teaching them when they knew nothing about the Christian faith. However, he was with them for 18 months. So they should have demonstrated some type of growth, don't you think? Can you imagine Pastor Brown Brown that you had your church, you started your church 20 years ago. Just say, we're going to throw out another. 20 years ago with some new converts. Coming in every Sunday with these new converts. And after 20 years, they still acting the same way? Yeah, right. uh, something not right. That's not cool in Houston or RCM too. We have a problem, right? Yeah, yeah. If they acting the same way after 20 years, Amen. I mean, Amen. we need to uh, start reevaluating some yeah. things. Yeah. And I don't think it's the head. Amen? <laughs> okay. We come to church for one of many purposes, but one important one is that we learn to grow yes. spiritually. Yes. Learn to mature. Yes. That's why we're here. We're not coming here to just sit in the pews and yes. listen to a good old shouting sermon. Yes. Like today, we had an awesome time. Amen. I didn't think we was going to have a sermon today. But that's not the purpose of being here. That's one of the purposes. Amen. But not the main purpose. Yes. Yes. Spiritual maturity is not a matter of age. Spiritual maturity takes time, yes. Yeah. It takes work, yes. yes. It takes energy and it takes effort. Yes. No one becomes spiritually mature overnight. It's not an overnight thing. But yes, we yes. can sit in church all our lives growing older without growing spiritually. Yes. Growing spiritually is a challenge for some Christians 
Either because they just refuse to do it, or they just too lazy. They don't want to read the Bible. They don't want to pray. They just want to come, get cute on Sunday mornings, come in and say, hey, and then go home. That's not spiritual. That's not reaching towards spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity has nothing to do, to do with the aging process. Nothing. You can be 10 and by the age of 15 be spiritually mature than someone who got saved at 5 and still in the church at 45. Amen? Yeah, yeah, it takes work, saints. Yeah, yeah. Spiritual maturity is not a matter of appearance. Now, we know how to get that spiritual look right. You know, you see the women with them big hats yeah. and them fans. You know, we be looking and sounding really good. You know, we know how to, to sound and talk. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Father, the, the Lord has been good. Has he blessed you this week? He's been such a blessing. I just love the Lord. Hallelujah. We know how to, we know how to get that lingo out there, you know. But it's just a look. It's not the real thing. Mm, Although yeah. we know how to talk the talk and walk the walk, Come on now. we really don't. Mm. It's a facade. Mm. We may know how to quote scripture and quote it well. Sounding like we have a doctrine and divinity. Oh, but you know who else knows how to quote that scripture and quote it well? Uh -huh. Satan himself. Yeah. 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 But if our actions don't line up with our words, do we not we're not living in true spirituality. We come across as holy. We can all come. We can play that role. Like yeah. at yesterday, you know, I had a little role to play. What was my name? Nutmeg at the advance. I was the, uh, the the famous actress, and I had to put on a role. I, I got enrolled real quick. Yes, I did it. Yes, and it was fun. But we know how to put on, you know, that appearance and play that role. Yeah. But that's all it is—a role. It's not reality. Appearances can be deceiving, so please don't be fooled by appearances. That's why I always tell people, ask God to give you discernment. Because yes. people yeah. can come to you and yeah. say whatever they yeah. want to say yeah. and, and, and fool you to do things that, look at this Jim Jones thing. You know, people went over there and killed themselves. You've got to know God's voice for yourself. You've got to be able to hear for yourself. you got to know if it's the devil or if, if it's Christ Jesus himself. So you got to ask God for a discernment. Because everything that looks holy ain't holy. Amen? Spiritual maturity is not determined by the looks or sound. It's determined by what has occurred on our inside. It is so easy to be fooled by someone's outward appearance. Wearing religious clothing, performing religious rituals, like, like serving communion or assisting in baptisms, you know, performing ceremonies and things like that. However, all of those wonderful actions do not indicate spiritual maturity. That's right. They're, yeah. they're just actions. Anybody, right. you can pull somebody off the street that don't know Jesus and teach them how to do it, and they can do it just as well as somebody's been doing it for 50 years. That's right. Amen? Yeah. It's just appearance. We have to look at a person's character, their values, and beliefs to, to determine this. God wants us to trans He wants to transform us into the image of His Son, and that takes growth and maturity. We can't be transformed if we're not growing. I can't transform my grandbaby into a, 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 a grown woman and she's still a baby. You That's can't right. do that. That's she right. has to grow. In order to achieve, achieve this, we have to live a life that embodies. 
God's teaching. Right. Walking in the spirit and loving one another just as he has loved us. Amen. 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 Spiritual maturity is not a matter of achievement. Oh, Lord. Lord, Lord, Lord. And I say that because I know people who have achieved so many things and they accredit it to being spiritually mature and the two just don't meet up. It just, you put the two together, you think, well, yeah, and yeah, but, huh? <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> so being involved in dozens of organizations don't make us spiritually mature either. Spiritual maturity is about being attuned to a higher purpose and having a sense of inner peace and purpose. It's not about the number of organizations we're involved in. It's about the quality of our involvement. How much have we learned and grown from our experiences? Having biblical degrees and diplomas on our walls don't make us, it's good, but it don't make us spiritually Amen. mature. I went to GCU Amen. and I had people getting um, uh, uh, degrees in Christian biblical studies and then go to church. They just wanted the degree. I'm like, what sense is that? Well, maybe you can save, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I'm not really a Christian, but I really wanted to study Christian and biblical studies. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's not spiritually mature, but hey, God can work it out. Amen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm proud of my degree, but I know you guys are proud of your degree too. Uh, but there's no limit to what titles we can have behind our name. But guess what? That's also not a sign of spiritual maturity. These are the things you see every day in church, right? Yeah, every day in church. Having to, um, I'm sorry, in fact, it's pretty much the opposite. People who have achieved spiritual maturity tend to be humble and not boast about their accomplishment. Yeah, it's about right. having a true understanding and appreciation of God's word, about being to, able to apply the word to our daily lives and being able to demonstrate it in our actions. Spiritual maturity, I'm saying that a lot today, is about being able to discern between good and bad, right and wrong, and having a greater sense of self-awareness. We have folks who change on the outside and have conformed to the standards of the church. They may follow the church rules, but their hearts have never changed. How many know we can be super religious and not saved? Super religious. We can know the word from the book, from the front to the back, and don't have a bit of salvation in us. Amen? Just because we follow the rules of the church don't mean we, are having, we have faith in God. Faith is an internal transformation. Let me say that again. Faith, it's an internal transformation. It involves having a relationship with God, yeah. not just following a set of rules. Again, anybody can follow a set of rules. It's impossible to have a true and meaningful relationship with God and remain unchanged. So you have to look at yourself. If you're with, you've been with God for 20 years and you're the same person, there's some self-evaluation that needs to be done. Amen. Amen. Spiritual maturity is a matter of character. D.O. Moody said, character is who you are in the dark when nobody sees you. A person's recognition is determined by what others think of him or her. Well, a person's character is determined by what God knows about them. God says it's your character that determines who you are. He looks at our hearts and not our outward appearances. He knows our true intentions, our motives, our desires, and he uses that to judge our characters. We can't fool God. Amen. We can try, That's right. and we have tried, yeah. but guess what? 
you just you just wasting your time. You can't fool God. He knows Amen. everything. Right. Word it out. Amen? Amen. Knowing God's opinion is the only one that matters when it comes to determining who you are. So don't let somebody tell you who you are in God. Let God tell you who you are in him. Amen? Because Amen. many years I've had people tell me, are you, you, you're not this and you're not that. And I believe them and then I did not believe God. And it took a long time for me to get to that place where, you know what, I can't please Jim, John, Jones, and, yes. and Jamie, but yes. my goal is not to please Jim, John, Jones, and Jamie, it's to please God. And that's who I please, and that's who I began to listen to. Yes. Amen? Yes. Here are five marks that define spiritual maturity. First, we're going to talk about the spiritually immature person. That person is easily upset and offended. They quit the power. Quick to blame others for their problem uh, and on. must be burnt, burnt often and handled with delicate yeah. gloves. So you got to be tipping on glass or china uh, around yeah. them. Amen? Because you don't want to upset them. No, no, no. Been in your church for 50 years and you still know you better not say something. Sister so and so, brother so and so, you know they're going to get hurt. You know they're going to get mad. They're going to leave the church again, again, for the 10th time. But Peter and Paul encouraged new Christians to press on towards spiritual maturity, admit it. Most, if not all of us, need encouragement and motivation yeah. to keep on, yeah. to keep going. We all need encouragement. Yeah. It's something that we just, that's, that's we're right. built that way. That's right. And it's not a bad thing. We need to get involved in Bible study. We need to have a time of worship. And we need to be involved in just in church in general, just not just sit here. Amen? Amen. Okay, I'm about to stir up the water a little bit now. So I, I'm asking for some special prayer. And please, if you can't say amen, just say ouch, because I've been ouching through this whole thing. <laughs> and again, I'm going to say, don't shoot the messenger, because I'm giving it to you just as God right, gave it to me. Amen. He changed right. my whole spiel. So this is what he wants me to give, and I'm going to give it to y'all. And um, bodyguard, are you there for me? I got you. Okay. <laughs> a spiritually mature person is positive under pressure. James tells us, consider all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James tells us that we must have a positive attitude when dealing with pressure. Not negative, but positive. He said to count it our joy when facing various trials. We're going to face various trials almost daily in our lives. It's, if, you want to, if you're alive, you got breath in your body, you're going to face some yeah, trials. That's right. But that's James right. encourages us to look at the trials and tribulations from a different perspective. We should see them as opportunities to develop our faith, to grow our character, and to persevere. Only then can we be joyful in the midst of them. If you wallow in your sorrow, because I've done it. You don't yes. stay nowhere yes. but in that sorrow. Yes. You have to look at a situation and say, well, you know, this is happening. But what can I do while it's happening? Amen. What can I do? What, how can God bring me out of this? You have to look, take it and, and switch it around. Okay, this thing is making me stronger. What doesn't kill, oh, so what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Amen. This thing is going to make 
make me stronger. So if it comes up uh, around again, I'm going to know how to handle it. Amen? Amen. Amen. How do you handle trials in difficult situations? Do you allow the problems of this world to drown you? I have. Do you get uptight? I have. Do you grumble, gripe, catch an attitude like yesterday I did? Become rude like yesterday I did? Rude and obnoxious was I obnoxious, honey? I don't think I was that. But I was mad at the world. <laughs> this was just yesterday, y'all. <laughs> Do you become real negative? Taking it out on every person you come in contact with? Life is full of problems, and a huge part of life is, guess what? Problem solving. As every day, we solve a problem. Every day. We have to ask ourselves, do I have the right attitude when approaching the problems of life? Is this the attitude to have when my car note is due and I don't have the money to pay and I'm just, I'm, I'm not answering the phone when the when the people call them and say, when you gonna pay me? No, pick up the phone and say, look, I'm having a little problem here. Can you add this payment to the back? Or can you give me a couple more weeks or something? You can communicate. But Amen. you gotta, you have to approach with the right attitude. Amen. How do you deal with being under pressure? Remember the Bible says, count it all joy yes. when you fall into various trials. I just say, Rusa. That's all. Rusa. <laughs> a spiritual, mature person is sensitive to the needs of other people. John tells us in 1 John 3.17, but whoever has worldly goods and sees his brothers or sisters in need and closes his heart against them, how does the love of God remain in him? How can you see someone suffer and you know you can help them? Amen. And yet you say you love God and you don't help them. That's not a sign of a spiritually mature person or Christian. Being spiritually mature means being sensitive to the needs of those around us. A spiritually mature person will be quick to offer help to someone in need, whether it is a stranger or a close friend. You don't know who you're entertaining. God said you could be entertaining angels. Amen. You can't pick and choose who you want to help. You see somebody and you are able to help them, you help them because you never know when you're in a situation where you're going to need that same help. Amen. Spiritual mature people recognize the interconnectedness of all beings and are motivated to act out of love, compassion, and understanding. They understand that everyone has their own unique struggle yeah. And wants to help them in any way they can. I had a struggle. I had people, I remember when years ago when I had no food, well, I was living in Philadelphia. Somebody was putting money in my door. Come on now. To this day, I don't know who it was. It might have been $10, but it was an envelope that was stuck in my door. Somebody knew I was struggling. And they came. I, to this day, I do not know who it was. But I'm grateful to God because yeah. that $10 yeah. or $5, whatever it was, helped me when I needed it. Amen? Yeah. Spiritually mature people aren't just concerned about themselves. You can't be selfish. You can't. You have to be selfless. They're concerned about the welfare of others. Who can I help? How can I help you? Do you need my help today? You know, they have an empathetic nature, which is indicative of their spiritual growth, and is ultimately what makes them so admirable. I look at my pastors. Always want to help people. Always want to. I remember even before we were members of the church, we had lost our home. They came to our home, and I'm not going to disclose what they gave to us, but they came and gave us something. I was like, we're not even members of the church. And they blessed us. And that will stay with me for the rest of my life. Amen. For the rest of my life. They didn't have to do it. 
And we were struggling. I mean, at that point, I thank God we, we are where we are today, but we were struggling then. And they came by. We didn't ask for anything. And they just gave it out the kindness of their Amen. heart. Because they were concerned with our welfare. And we thank you today. Amen. Amen. Spiritually mature people recognize that people in the world are hurting and they have needs. They have a deep desire to help others and show compassion. When on the other hand, on the other hand, these spiritually immature people believe, listen honey, it's my way or the highway. Give it to me, I want it all. This my yep. world, you yep. just in it, okay? <laughs> That's how they think. A spiritual mature person is a peacemaker. Yes. A peacemaker and not a troublemaker. Matthew. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they should they shall be called sons of God. I know you all know that scripture. James 4.1. Where do you think all these appalling wars and quarrels come from? Do you think they just happen? Think again. They come about because you want your own way and fight for it deep inside yourself. I mean, you fighting for your way. I'm going to fight you to get my way. Come on, figure how we say it, Billy. Fair one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to have my way. Look, Jenny's not talking about healthy disagreements. They have, they're normal. And we have disagreements in church. He's referring to walking through disagreements in a, a respectful and constructive manner. He's talking about fighting, which is earthly and unspiritual, for our inner desires. You know, when, when we want something, sometimes we have to we have to put that flesh, carnal flesh aside. Because sometimes when we want something, we just want it. Yeah. We just have any of you ever been like as yeah. that same Christian yeah. woman? When I want something, I want my way, right, Robin Burrell? <laughs> and, and sometimes I get a little bit indignant. You know, we can be, we can still be saved and get a little bit indignant. We fall away a little bit from the uh, wayside. Uh -huh. So, but I try very hard not to be that way because in verse 4, he calls it's uh, the, the perpetrators, you adulterous people. I won't be no adulterous person. <laughs> He warns against verbal conflict that is driven by human pride and selfishness. And you have to be this selfish, selfishness. It's like a baby. Baby wants to eat. It's going to cry. I don't care. You try to watch your favorite show. What you doing? That baby going to cry until you get that baby what they want. Yes, Aria J. Yes, you have taught me well. <laughs> James is admonishing us to approach disagreements with humility and gentleness. And... Mm. Mm. This is the hard part. To seek to resolve them in a way that honors God. Amen. Not so that this person feels good and that person feels good, but you have to do it in a way that honors God. Amen. This calls for self-examination. Ask yourself, am I a peacemaker or am I a troublemaker? I mean, really ask Amen. yourself. Amen. Do I like to argue? Amen. Do I like to debate? Do I hurt other people's feelings? One of the characteristics, characteristics, characterizations, I'm sorry, of spiritual maturity is a lack of conflict. It's not the absence.
solutions of conflict, but rather the ability to recognize and manage conflict in a constructive and positive manner. Spiritual maturity is the ability to understand different perspectives, not just one person's, but different perspectives, and to come to a resolution that is beneficial for all parties involved. So this may mean that you have to say, brother, sister, cousin, uncle, I need to go to the Lord in prayer. I need to fast about this. I need to lay, lay prostrate before the Lord. And however long it takes, you just won't have to give it to me because I need to hear from him before I come back to you with a resolution. You want to come back with God's resolution and not what's in your heart or what you feel is right. It's not about how we feel. It's about what God wants us to do. Amen? Amen. First Thessalonians, make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and attend to your own business, your own business, and work with your hands. That means you tend to your business in church while you're working, not what everybody else do. Okay? Okay? <laughs> a spiritual mature person is patient. James again tells us, be patient therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for his precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the the early and the late rains, you also be patient. Establish your heart, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Amen? Amen. Patience is a quality of character. It's a huge quality of character. James uses the illustration of a farmer who plants in his field, and he waits for them, his field to harvest. My old boss is a farmer who I used for, Joe Bartonfelder. And I will always hear him talking about being patient because he did collard, kales, all kind of greens. About his, um, his crops, the, you know, the seeds are planted, they're cultivated, watered, and then you have to wait for them to, to grow. Yeah. And even as farmers, even though we're not farmers, we know that crops don't grow overnight. So just like the farmers, sometimes we have to wait on God to answer our prayers. Yes. We have to wait for God for our yes. miracles. Yes. We have to wait for him to move in our lives. Yes. How do we learn patience? It's through waiting. And though that may be uncomfortable at yes. times, and I do know it. it's uncomfortable, wow. we have to trust God's plan because it's far better than ours. Yes. I'm almost done, Pastor. A spiritual mature person is prayerful. Pray without ceasing. Yeah. When things are going good, come yes. on, let's pray. When things are going bad, come on, let's pray. Yes. Yes. In all things, come on, let's yes. pray. Yes. The prayer of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. In your prayer time, talk to God, bring him your request, praise him, and petition him. Yes. When we pray, we acknowledge that God has control over our lives. Those who are spiritually spiritually mature understands the power of God. And when we pray, we, have to, we should do it in the Acts format. First, approach God with reverence. That's adoration. Then repent of the sin in our lives. That's confession. Then express our gratitude to him for all he has done. That's thanksgiving. And finally, submit to him our request. And that's our supplication, which is A-C-T-S, Acts. So in closing, Amen. let me ask you, where are you today? Can you identify your spiritual immaturity? I may not have listed yours right now, but I know that the Holy Spirit is putting something before you right this very moment. 
He's putting reminders in your head. Say, what did I do? Was that mature? Should I have done it? He's letting you know where you fall short or where we fall short, not you, but we, in our spiritual walk. He's letting us know that we should be doing what we should be doing to become more spiritually aware or spiritually mature. One of the areas the Holy Spirit spoke to me about specifically is forgiveness. Again, forgiveness. Yeah. I'm speaking of true forgiveness, not just, oh, I forgive you. <laughs> can't stand that brother. <laughs> on my nerves. Mm, I just said that because I just wanted them to get out of my face. <laughs> Many of us say that we forgive, but then we hold things, we hold on to grudges against those who hurt us. We have to learn to forgive and allow God's grace to permeate our lives. You can't get into heaven if you haven't forgiven. You want God to forgive you? Guess what? You have to forgive. Amen. He's not going to forgive you when you hold harboring hate towards your brother and sister. Amen? Yes. Paul is calling for believers to leave their spiritual immaturity behind and to recast their immaturity into a life of spiritual maturity. A spiritually mature believer is not focused on themselves, but on the world. Amen. A spiritually mature believer is not seeking acknowledgement, announcement, or accolade. A spiritually mature believer understands that their place in God's economy, we are those who do the work. A spiritually mature believer understands that their lives are a field of God to plant, nurture, and cultivate. And a spiritually mature believer understands that their lives are like a building that God is making. His choice of materials, his choice of designs, and his choice in when and where the building is built. So when we come into spiritual maturity, we begin to understand what Paul was speaking about. We're going to receive our reward for our services, and that reward is going to be based in part on what we do for him, not for us. Amen. Not what we demand for him from Amen. him. Paul says, we will be receiving according to our labor, Amen. and our labor for Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.